The Jeep Wrangler 4xe. It's electrified. Boogie, boogie, boogie. So you can boogie, woogie, woogie up a mountain, boogie. over creeks, or boogie, woogie, woogie through a desert where you get bit by a pit viper. So you boogie, woogie, woogie back to camp and ask your friends if they'll suck the snake venom out. When they say no, you boogie, woogie, woogie to the nearest hospital for a dose of anti-venom and boogie, woogie, woogie your way to a full recovery. The electrified Jeep Wrangler 4xe. Learn more at jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, John Boyega, from Star Wars to an inspired by true events drama, Breaking. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Uh, yes, we've got a returning guest to the podcast, though it's been a while. It's been about five years since John Boyega has been on the show, and a lot certainly has transpired for him, for all of us, and we're going to catch up on all of it. Uh, this is a great chat with a great young actor. Um, who I truly respect and always enjoy laughing with and, and having serious chats with. We, we fit it all into this conversation here uh, today. We've got a lot going on in the happy, sad, confused universe. Uh, you might have noticed last week we had not one but two different episodes drop. We had Natalie Emanuel starring in, in The Invitation. We had our live event, Neil Gaiman, which we posted as a podcast episode. Uh, and yes, now we're back at it with John Boyega. And let me tell you, the pace is going to continue. Definitely once a week, sometimes twice a week in the foreseeable future. Um, we've got live events coming up. We've got Ralph Macchio in October, but before then I've got at least one or two or maybe even more live events percolating here in New York City that are going to uh, be announced very, very soon. Um, we've got live events on the Patreon page, and those are virtual events. If you're hearing this... Uh, and it's still Tuesday, August 30th, and it's not 2 p.m. Eastern time, get on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash happysadconfused. Sign up at the exclusive shows level and up, and you'll be able to take part in a live um, video conversation. I, I, you can ask your questions uh, if you want. Um, it's going to be me and Jamie Campbell Bauer of Stranger Things, of course. Uh, Jamie is delightful and has so much going on right now. So, yeah, we're trying these. We did this with... Um, of course, Graham McTavish recently, uh, and yes, Tuesday, August thirtieth, two p.m. Eastern time. If you're seeing, if you're hearing this rather before then, uh, you can sign up for the Patreon at that uh, middle tier or above, and you'll have access to the live chat, and perhaps we'll even ask your question there. Um, so we're doing that over on the Patreon page. We're putting all of these video conversations up. You can watch John Boyega if you would rather watch this conversation. Go to YouTube dot com slash Josh Horowitz. Um, we are just churning and burning <laughs> with tons of great uh, conversations. I've never been busier, but I'm really I'm really happy with what we're doing. Even in the dog days of summer, we're actually super busy, which is which is a really nice thing. Um, and I'm about to just I'm about to head off to a couple film festivals, uh, Telluride and Toronto. Um, we're going to probably tape some conversations in Toronto, so stay tuned for that. A lot of good movies that are going to be at both festivals I'll be catching. Some I've actually already seen. I've gotten some sneak peeks at. Can't really talk about them, but we're getting into the good stuff, guys. Um, so, yeah, a lot to come. As always, follow me on social media, Joshua Horowitz on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and the first place I'll be announcing 
all of these live events is always on the Patreon page. Again, patreon.com slash happy set confused. And that for for the early access stuff, for just like the, the discount codes and for the first announcements, um, that's even available at the lowest tier. So if you just want that, five bucks a month, easy peasy, you get the inside dope on everything in the Josh Horowitz happy set confused world. Okay, let's talk John Boyega for a second. Um, John has a lot going on. He has three films out this fall. Uh, I've seen a couple of them. Uh, the Woman King is coming soon. That is with Viola Davis. John takes a supporting part in that one. It's a really cool, um, based on a, a true events story uh, of these female warriors uh, fighting for their people. And it's Viola as you've never seen her before. And that comes from Gina uh, Prince Bythewood. And the film though that we really dive into today is this really intense uh, drama called Breaking. And it is, um, it's a really showy opportunity in a good way. I don't mean that as like a, you know, an ostentatious kind of thing. It's like a, it's a chewy bit of, of, of um, material for, for John. And I can see what attracted to him. It tells the true life story of a Marine, uh, an ex-Marine who was denied his benefits and found himself in just like a really horrible situation. And it's a tragic story. And it's a story that really um, demands and needs, uh, you know, a light shine, uh, shine, uh, shining on it, shown on it. I don't know. Use your, use the proper version of that word. Um, but suffice it to say, John's excellent in the film. It's out now. It also, by the way, f uh, features maybe the final performance of Michael K. Williams, um, who we talk about in this conversation as well. Uh, so that's that's powerful in and of itself. Um, but it's not all it's not all drama in this conversation. I will say we definitely dive into some really cool fun stuff including Star Wars talk, James Bond talk, Marvel talk, and I'm just going to say it, we have a surprise for John. I'm not going to I'm, I'm going to tell you guys what it is. So this is called a, a tease. But this is more than a tease. I'm going to reveal the surprise because I want you guys to to listen to the whole conversation. Daisy Ridley, yes, the voice of Happy Sad Confused makes an appearance on this episode to John Boyega's shock, and you're going to want to stick around for that because it, it is a great moment, and I love Daisy for doing what she did, and you'll see why after you listen. Um, that's, that's all the teases I'm going to give you for today. As always, as I said, uh, follow me on social. Joshua Horowitz on Instagram and Twitter. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash happy, sad, confused, and give our YouTube channel a subscribe, a like, uh, youtube.com slash Josh Horowitz. Uh, all right, here is the main event. Mr. John Boyega and I. Enjoy. Mr. John Boyega, it's good to it's see you, man. Long time no see. Indeed, I, indeed. Look, every like we have actors on the podcast all the time, but it's rare when we have an actor, a producer, a fashion icon, a Chewbacca impressionist, all in one fell uh, swoop. Like impressionist. See that look that my credentials are just becoming longer and longer, mate. Look, you've got backup options if the acting thing doesn't work out. Exactly. I'll see you in Vegas. Who knows what you're you doing? You in Vegas, mate. I'll see you there. <laughs> How you been? I've been all right. I'm holding up okay. It's uh, yeah. I can't believe time has no meaning anymore, does it? I mean, it's it's kind of collapsed, but uh, it's been a while. 
Uh, I'm sorry I missed you when you, I think you paid a, a trip through New York. I hope you at least paid your respects to Mr. Oscar Isaac. Did you get a chance to break bread? Did you? I, did, I, I didn't. I didn't. I actually was supposed to go to a UFC fight with Oscar. That's uh, oh, for some reason. Um, so yeah, I'm, we're, we're, we're in a rocky, we're in rocky waters right now. Are you guys plotting anything? Is there the two-hander? Is there True West on stage? Is there something? Is I, there... I, would, I would love to do. I would love to do something. You know, I would love to do something with with, with Oscar. I always bring up his names, his name when I'm developing something. So yeah. I definitely love something with it. So um, a lot to talk about today. Uh, I've seen your excellent new movie, Breaking. I've also seen The Woman King, by the way. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a ni- nice little sneak peek of that one. You got uh, that golden ticket. Exactly, exactly. Hey, I know I have friends in high places. Uh, and I think there's even a third one on its way, maybe. Is that Netflix film? Is that one still yeah. coming later this year? So, yeah, yeah. They, they cloned Tyrone. So it's the season yeah. of Mr. John Boyega. How does it feel to like kind of come out of your shell and be back on the publicity circuit and uh, present in a different way? Look, I mean, like Breaking is a different kind of a movie. You're front and center. Uh, it's kind of all on you as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, the 12 ensemble cast members of a Star Wars movie, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you take that responsibility seriously? Do you enjoy it? Give me a sense of where yeah, you're at. Yeah, I, I, I really I really enjoy it. Um, I mean, if we look at Attack the Block, I mean, that's how I was pretty much found, you know, sure. um, be, be, being central to the story and, and being an actor who plays the character that forces the, the story forward. So for me, it's, it's very exciting. It's a huge responsibility. But at the same time, it's just, you know, a chance to collaborate with the best, people um especially people who identify you know where you're useful when it comes to this it's rich material to say the least on, on in many respects Most i mean definitely. we i mean you know we can talk about it simply as just like a feast for an actor just like a really fascinating character portrait and mm. you know harkens back to your theatrical roots i know and then it has this layer and look the last time you were on the podcast you were talking about detroit like clearly you have chased and rightfully so these these films that both kind of work as almost genre films, but also have real so- socio-political weight to them. And that must make it feel all the more enriching as an actor. It, it's a feast on, on many in many respects for you. I mean, I think I think some of even when it comes to certain sci-fis, even when it comes to Spielberg sci-fis, a lot of them have social commentary embedded into the story. Yeah. Um, I think just because we are impacted by where we live, we all live on the same planet, even though it might come across as if axes live on a completely different one. But we, we most definitely are all still here. We have family members who can give us some perspective and that will definitely um, show itself um, in, in your work, you know, to a certain extent. Talk to me a little bit about um, Brian. This is a story that sadly, I think not enough know about. And hopefully one of the goals of this is we're going to shine a light on, on this man's yeah. life. Um, yeah. This is a veteran. This is a Marine. This is a guy that kind of felt left behind, as many do, not mm-hmm. seen, um, who found himself in a, a truly tragic situation. Um, did this jump out immediately as something that you had to do? Is this a, is this an easy yes? Yeah, it was very, very easy. Very easy. The script was really good. Um, and sometimes that's what it's about. When the script is really, really good, um, then you have something there. You have an actor that's excited. Uh, you have some form of a vision for what you're going to do with the role as well. So you're excited at the opportunity it gives you as an actor. And at the same time, you know, I was thinking about the various other actors it would um, attract who would be my my co-stars in it. So as soon as I read the script, I was like, yes, the same day, same day. It's just it's so well put together and it just made sense. You're a producer on this again, and you've produced a few times now, and you talk about collecting some actors. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, we, we got to talk about the great, late, great Michael K. Williams, who... Um, I mean, he's one of those actors that just, there was never a false note 
in anything he did. It was just right. such a such such gravitas intensity, but also just like there, it, it felt it looked easy, and it, clearly it, it wasn't. But that was that was his gift in making it look mm-hmm. easy. Um, actor to actor, talking about him, what made him great? When did you see it up close? Did you did you get it when you finally got a chance to work with him? It's it's, it's versatility for me. Um, when I watch an actor for the first time, and even if the performance is incredible. I always take it in and go, okay, cool. And then it's when I watch them the second and the third time, that's when I start to understand, okay, I see what you're on and I see what your your the energy of your consistency, I see what that represents. Yeah. For, for Michael specifically, the versatility was unmatched. The sensitivity and the element of humanity brought to his roles uh, was something that made you just glued to the screen. Um, I think that regardless of who he played, whether he he killed a man or he supported him, you know, in, in the stuff that he, he did, you always knew why, because in te- um, uh, character-wise, he he always had intention when it comes to his facial expressions, his body movement. Um, he was a very intentional actor. And the voice, I mean, there's something about that voice, you know, that he then likes to change. You know, he wouldn't always, you know, have the, you know, the, the, the Omar spiel on it. You know, he would switch up in other, in other things. And I just think that versatility for me is just what excites me about actors like, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis and, Joaquin Phoenix is like they disappear. They're not. It's not about them, you know. And and that for me has been been really really interesting and great to kind of connect the dots as a producer and, and bring on an actor who I felt was just more than qualified for the job. Well, what's the what's the? I mean, there are many inherent challenges I would expect in, in a character like this. I mean, he's a he's a guy that we get to see in different. You know, he's not a bombastic guy. He doesn't come in like huge. He's it's very internalized. And there's like, no, there's no heist moment with the you know the map on the wall and then he busting through the with the guns out. All the cliches. No, no, you leave him behind. This is real. This is this is not yeah. that guy. So yeah. in, in a way, is that more rewarding? It's it's a different kind of a challenge, I would expect. And did you, because yeah. you are such a, a a big, fun personality naturally, just in your day-to-day, well, this is the challenge, yeah. this is what acting is. But yeah, talk yeah. to me about I the rewards about, of that. You know, well, that's what's great. It's, you know, she's got nothing to do with me. And and yeah. But for, for, for Brian, specifically, from reading the first few pages, like this, this bank high store was awkward from the beginning. Like, right. it was how I would rob a bank. Like, I'd walk in awkwardly and, not know who to talk to first, not know your, I'll be saying please and thank you. Like, doesn't really, it doesn't really add up. Um, yeah. And that is fun to play. That is so, that's such a great through line for an actor. The fact that my dialogue, um, my intention, and most likely my facial expressions are not going to add up to the situation and the circumstance, which is more realistic um, than me fully knowing than, and, and coming in and telling everybody to get their head, you know, get down on the floor and, right. I do what I would probably want to do, um, you know, as the kid looking at an actor who just wants to play a, a cool scene. Right. But with this, it was like, no, this is more layered. Um, this is a man that, you know, finds it very, very. he gets uh, really upset at himself when he shouts too much. He always saying sorry, always saying please and thank you. I'm like, this is a very um, nice robbery. This feels like, um, yeah. this feels like something else. But as an actor, it gives you so much to play. Did you, from what I gather, the real man was a movie fan, a geek, kind of like liked sci-fi and that kind of thing. It must cross your mind that he probably saw you in in film. He probably yeah, saw. I don't, know if he, I don't even know if he did, but it did definitely cross my mind. Oh, I wonder if he watched the um, at least Force Awakens. I wonder if if he had... or Attack the Block or who? Yeah, who no, knows? Yeah, one of those things. I wonder if he would watched it. But no, I you know we haven't heard anything that says that specifically. But uh, yeah, definitely thought about that in my head. I was like, and every actor's gonna be like, oh, I wonder if he's a um, watch my watch my stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> connecting and somewhere in the ether, you yeah, guys. Wonder, wonder if he liked me. <laughs> he did. He did. Safe to say. But I, I was alluding to this before because I, it does occur to me like there must be just another level of satisfaction. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but talk to me like, you know, you work with someone like Steve McQueen on Red, White, and Blue. You work with Bigelow on Detroit. And these films that, again, they work as just engaging entertainment, of course, and they engage you and they ignite, you know, they fire the synapses in your brain, but there's more to it. It really, it it sparks conversation. It sparks needed conversation. And that's gotta be something that I would think as an artist, once you get a taste of it, you're like, yeah, I wanna wanna be a part of the conversation. I wanna do projects. And again, as you said, sci-fi can do that too. But like these these films that really like dive headfirst into that kind of stuff. I, I never get to measure how people are going to react. Um, and I don't put too much energy into that because, you know, these lots of human beings, man, you're going to do what you're going to do. And we yeah, have to. You can only do what you're going to. Yeah, I got right, you. Yeah. yeah. But, but even, you know, that conversation, I, I feel like, you know, it's exciting for that com- those conversations to to be had because there's certain conversations that I had about your project that you weren't even thinking about. And so you're, you're opened up to, you know, this dialogue with everybody. And where everybody's interacting with your movie and everyone's debating it is um it's something that's quite it's quite exciting to me. I like I like that. Um I like an audience members who are actually interactive and who are 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 into movies enough to speak about them and debate about them. Yeah. Your your director, I read a quote from your director talking about when uh she met you over Zoom. She said, When we met over Zoom for the first time, it confirmed to me that he had so much to give. He was spiritually and physically in a place of his craft where he was hungry. Does that jive with what you were feeling? Like where were you at? Yeah when this came around? I was hungry for the right kind of role. I felt like Hollywood had it twisted, you know? I felt like all these roles that I'm reading and the opportunities that I'm seeing, I was just like, nah, this is not really, it's not really me. Um, what were you seeing? Like, what kind of stuff? Just just 2D stuff. Yeah. Things. That, well, he did Star Wars, so he probably wants to do that. You know, things <laughs> like, you know, that kind of mentality. Yeah. Whereas in... I wasn't getting the Steve McQueen approach. I wasn't getting the right. uh, Viola Davis, uh, uh, Gina Prince approach. Uh, you know, I w- I, there wasn't a specifics. You know, there, there wasn't something that kind of gave me an opportunity to elevate. Um, and th- th- this just came out of nowhere. And the same day I read, as I said, the same day I read it, I was like, yeah, I want to do it. Like, this is yeah, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I want to do. Not, I don't want to. I don't want to do no two D role where it, I don't want to do a role where it's easy to do. Like you know, I, I need a role that 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 is challenging so that you, the audience um, the audience can be entertained in a new, fresh way because uh, I do not want to bore, bore my audience at all, you know? And it's also, as you say, about surrounding yourself with excellence. And that gives me a good segue. I do want to mention The Woman King because, as I said, I got a chance to see this. And mm-hmm. look, I mean, Viola Davis is... Yes. royalty essentially i mean yes. she, she can do no wrong and part of the novelty of this is you get to see well, a different it's, it's a given you don't even you just say by the davis yeah yeah you're in but you yeah. also get to see a new shade of her in this one and you yeah, you, yeah. you to my mind get like the best gig in this film you get to wear the cool clothes be regal sit on a nice chair and just sit, hang back and be cool i said i said you know what they say that this is that this kind of role is kind of like being you know, a female lead in a sense. And I'm like, yeah, I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> they were all going to training and stuff and they, you know, they worked, they put, they, they put their efforts into it in, a, in a, like the, the amount of commitment that was required for them to be the warriors was different. I felt bad for about two days. 
two days I felt. They're bad. all in the gym. You're in the spa. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, I thought to myself, don't you lot want, you know, don't, can't the king come and help? Can I just, you know, just to assist? No. Nah, nah. We weren't having it. They said, historically, why well, you got to stay your ass in the palace. And so I did. Um, and that... <laughs> it's that the dream. Informed, that informed my experience. Hey, I had such a good time on that movie. Um <laughs> And, and 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 something was is just something special about being in that environment. And I just I filmed the Woman King right after breaking, so you know it was it was nice to just be in a in a in a whole different environment. And couldn't be more different. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talk to me. So we talked about a couple of amazing actors you've worked with, Michael Kay and and, and Viola. Who else is on the short list right now besides Oscar and obviously every two hander we can come up with? Who who are you, yeah, who, are you yeah. who are you dying to share the screen with? Who do you want to break bread with? I think it's Oscar and 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 Daniel Kaluuya for sure. Yeah. You know, um, that would be amazing to find something a, a good two hander, a good two hander to do. So I just need um, a producer that actually has IP and some money. Just I saw you were, you were at the premiere for Nope the other day, right? Yeah, yeah, I was at the premiere for Nope to go and check it out. I'm uh, still I'm so behind. I've been watching my I've movie, my my geek cred. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? Jeez, I'm surprised at you, mate. I know. I know. Um, yeah, and, and and obviously I've worked with Kiki as well, so I'm like, you know, right. I'd love to work with her again. Um, so there's there's a few Nicole, I'd love to work with again when two hander situation as well. Yeah, um, which will be fantastic. So many people. That I'd you, love to you did. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you had a big birthday this year. Was I it? Is that, is that is that was that a marker? Did you like? Did you burn the video games on fire when you hit three zero? Did you like, uh, yeah, leave anything? Uh, any childish pursuits behind? Nah, nah, no, no, no childish, no childish ish. Um, they they advance. I've, I have a good balance with them, so they they advance to the next stage. <laughs> you're just you're leveling up on. Yeah, I was in Atlanta. I just had fun in Atlanta. A whole bunch of friends. Bam. Do you, I mean? Do you think in terms of like phases of careers and like five year plans and that kind of thing? Is it useful to look that far ahead and kind of like this is what if all goes going to plan, this is what it should look like in another five or ten years, or is it one yeah, day I mean, at a time? Yeah, I mean this. Um, you know. Self-serve motivation is a is a is a tricky business. <laughs> it's like that's what you need. That's like when you're filing for a your self-assessment tax, you know, business tax. Like you're a, you're an individual. Like it's just the motivation just sometimes comes from you. Right. So I think, yeah, in moments, definitely you have to have some form of balance so that you can keep that going. Um, because I'm a lazy uh interviewer, and you know this by now after all the times we've talked, I, I asked for a little help. And I got and I got some help from a from a friend of ours. Um, let me just pull this up and I'm going to give you a little, uh, little question, a little question courtesy of a mutual friend. You ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, peanut. It's nice. <laughs> um, hi, Josh. Uh, John, Josh Ross me to ask you a question. So, you guys, um, and it's actually more of a request. I would love you to look, Josh dead in the eye and convincingly <laughs> tell him that you are really not part of the Marvel Universe in any way. <laughs> My hero, Daisy Ridley, doing the hard work oh, for she's me. Doing, she's done the homework. I know it's for you as well, because I know the person she would never ask me that. I gave her no instructions. You've got a good friend. You've got a good I, friend. We both do. Friend. Trust me. Josh, I'm gonna do it for you. Trust me, Josh. I know just I've had no talks, no Marvel. I haven't done no Marvel movies. I had no talks for it. 
But I'm going to watch him. I'm going to be there in the audience, though. I'm going to be watching him. I might go back and see this Spider-Man No Way Home, you know, that they re-release it. But I'm not going to be in it. I'm just going to okay. be in the chair, popcorn, drinks, boom. Daisy doesn't know anything. She doesn't have any inside dope. She's hit, hit I mean, she She's a good source because anything, she'd be one of the first to know. So she she's a very good source. But the question is, though, is she doing a Marvel movie? Because oh, I always... I always, big. I always said Spider Woman. I don't know. She was given. She was given. She's that. throwing us off the scent. She's, yeah, she's she is. What's really going on, mate? What's really going on? Oh, that's, you have, that's amazing. So you you have said that recently. So I mean, give me a sense of like why. I mean, I, I get it. Look, you you're working with different kinds of filmmakers and different kinds of films. You've done the franchise thing a couple different times in different ways. Is it just something like today, twenty twenty two, this time? It's just not. Doesn't feel like that's where you want to. Oh, no. right now. I think after, after episode seven, like for eight and nine, I wanted to do other things just because, you know, the nature of franchise is not, not a bad thing. It's just the nature of it. It's a whole bunch of months and it's hard to squeeze in movies in between. And so, so with that, you don't get to spend three months showing your versatility in something else and another three months showing your versatility on something else. Right. What you do have is three pitches where you're the same character, essentially. And, you know, I, I know it's fun for you guys, but that's not fun for me. Like, no, I get it. At all. Like, I, I, I would wanna, I would wanna have, um, I would have a chance to at least do other things for now because you have to, you have to gain the trust of your audience, man. You got a, a franchise, you're covered by visual effects, big marketing team, and all of that. You're covered by that. You got to do your time on the, on the, on the road to winning the, winning the hearts and the minds of the audience, you know, organically. And I just want to do my time a bit and just work with several different people and use my time more intelligently, you know. Do you make the, the exception when Barbara Broccoli calls and offers you James Bond? Do you say, well, actually, wait, everything I just said, <laughs> take that back. Well, well, as far as I'm concerned, that's not that's not Marvel. <laughs> that's There's not always Mar an out. There's always <laughs> that's not Marvel. That's 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 a that's a whole different thing. That ain't Marvel though. <laughs> that ain't Marvel. And you get to change your clothes in that. Yeah, but it was suit, you know. You get to you know, it's like about that. But you know, it's it's just it's just in terms of the the Marvel thing specifically, because no, they I have you would have to show up a cameo and potentially in the TV shows. And then, you know, after that, they might tease your character and then you go away for a bit and then you do one movie and you, I'm like, hey, bruv, nah, nah, nah. I, I enjoy watching that, but it's a whole different thought when you're like, oh, being involved in it, it's, it's a whole different type of commitment. I, I commend the actors that know how to, that know how to do it, man. That's a, that's a whole different thing. I, I know this is a silly line of questioning, but just to, to mention the James Bond thing, because I've talked to so many actors over the years about this. Like, what's your attitude about that? Do you do? Is it fruitless to even like put that in, that out into the universe? So it's like, look, if they're interested, they'll call me, and that's all I can do on my and side. I'm, of it. I'm sorry, but I'm black. I, I don't know how. <laughs> it's tough. Come on, what are you talking? When about? We, nah, when you when you when you black, I, I don't know how that goes. I, really, you don't you don't think they're gonna do it? You don't think they're gonna look? Look, man, you know. You as a white man are living in a society where you grew up with Bond as a white man. It's that's norm that's normal to you. Yeah. Even the mention of a black bond to me is like, oh, okay. You know, I'm just here like, you know, <laughs> okay. I don't I don't necessarily believe that. But if that's what they're doing, then you know, okay, that's very surprising to me. But I as an actor, you just kind of stay out of that conversation. If if it's for you, then maybe, you know. But if it's not, then you 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 enjoy it in a movie theater like everybody else. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, where are we at on Attack the Block? Not only are you returning, you, you creatively have a major hand in this, as I understand. You're yeah. a producer again. So yeah. how much of like the, the development process, like what did you want to see 
what, what were your in broad strokes? I don't know. I know you don't want to reveal the secrets right now, but what did you want to see of Moses' story in this one? What did you want to? Uh, so, so I just wanted to see where Moses has been at, considering um, all the changes between when the movie released in the UK and now. There's been a lot of changes in the UK. You know, those movie sets that you saw that were filmed in Attack of the Block One have now been replaced with some modern, you know, apartments. You know, it's been a whole bunch of gentrification. There's been a lot. So London you're going to address that that changing landscape? And yeah, I mean, course, so that's yeah. Attack the Block, man. Attack the Block was, you know. Social uh, social commentary, you know, with with some real messed up monsters and some mad mad deaths. Some, you know, <laughs> I remember when we brought when we brought Attack the Block over to the stage. Like, you lot were shocked that them kids was getting got. <laughs> so it it's great. just one of the movies that has yeah. slightly a controversial vibe. Yeah. Uh, it's gory, it's fun. You know, it's obviously cult, a cult classic sci fi vibe that I want to keep. And Joe Cornish himself wants to keep. But we definitely want the audience to have fun and and, and see a realistic trajectory of each character after the first movie. Have you done some casting? Uh, should we expect some new interesting faces? No? no? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. All we do know is that most definitely Moses is coming back. <laughs> oh, come on. It's not Attack of the Block without Moses. Yeah, some, yeah. And some yeah. monsters. Yeah. Um, theater. Where's theater at in your head right now? Whether back home or here in the States. So are you thinking about it? And you talk about versatility and, and showing yourself and showing others what you can do. There's no better place than the stage. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to do Broadway. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love, love to go back on stage in the UK as well. The last time I was on stage was 2018, I think it was. Right at the Old Vic for Wojciech, and I really enjoyed that. And I'd done that during the Star Wars movies, which was yeah. fantastic. Um, that must have been a nice palate cleanser, just to get it like totally the other end, and just yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it was also bloody tiring, but sure. it was, I, I need I needed it. You know, it was it, it, it was great for me to go back on stage and, and to do that. Yeah, and I definitely, if it's the right piece, I'd love to. Love to go back on stage again. I just got to do a, got to do a few more of these uh, filmed stuff. We need you back in New York, dude. Do, do, do the New York stage. Come on, yeah, man. Yeah, man, I love that. Something, something good. Even if it was off Broadway, I love it. Just the right. Yeah. Kind of um, let's talk a little bit. Just uh, your your new vantage point on Star Wars as an observer now, as a fan. You're back to being a fan. Are you all caught up? Have you been watching it all? Like, what's your favorite? Yeah, man, so, yeah, man, I've been watching it all. I, I would, would hope, but I don't know. I've been there, man. You know what I mean? I've been there. I've been there. You know, Obi-Wan is the last thing I watched. Um, I don't know. They just announced the, uh, what's the one with Amanda? Is it Amanda? Amanda? Amanda Stenberg. Yes. yes. They've just announced that, and I'm excited about that. Um, and Mandalor- Mandalorian, I rewatched. I-, I watched twice, you know. I mean, I, I love John Trevor anyway, man. Just as just him as individual, but what he's done with that, you know, I wish I was in those ones. That's <laughs> real cool. Um, yeah, the Mandalorian's cool, right though, man. Oh, you have that it's real good. So I've been, yeah, I've been, I've been staying, staying with it. You know, my Battlefront two characters are very, very strong. Um, <laughs> fight, what, me, fight me. <laughs> what do you want? What do you want to see now as a fan? If you could get bend Kathy Kennedy's ear, and you probably could if you really wanted to. Like we have no films on the horizon. This bums me out. As much as we're getting all the Star Wars content, I guess it needed a break. It's but like it's, it's tricky. I, I I understand why they are taking their time. It's it's a it's tricky after mine. It's like in my head, I go, if you're trying to continue nine anyway, what do you? I don't know what you do. Right. But there's, you know, that's big. It's a big Star Wars universe, man. You can go back to the Old Republic, you know, see what was going down there. We could, oh, yeah, I would love to go back to the Old, old Republic. And who are those twins? They were these twins that were oh. slightly trained by Vader. Or was there this young kid? Or was it one guy? But there were these twins that were trained. I think it was some Old Republic gameplay footage when I played a few years ago. Uh-huh. And that was, story and that was dope. Because we just need that. Star Wars is fun, but. I, I always loved the heartbreak of of Obi Wan and 
and Anakin. You know, I always loved that heartbreak. I always loved the the, the decision between the dark and the light. If they would explore some stuff like that, I'd definitely go and watch. Did you ever go back and, because uh, it's crazy now that the Colin script is out there, but you can read the Colin Trevorrow script for his what, Duel of the Fates. Yeah. Of episode nine? Yeah. Like Google, it's there. It's just there waiting for you. And I can't, I can't read that one because I'll be heartbroken because I was, I had a sit down with Colin. I want to tell you when that's one of the best Star Wars movies, uh, um, Star Wars meetings I'd ever had. Because it felt like two nerds that were like, "Yes, that's what we want to see." And then, and then, and then. yeah, that's yeah, you know that, like, you know that kind of thing. Um, and I saw the art, you know, Stormtrooper Rebellion. I'm like, that that stuff was cold. And hopefully, Lucasfilm give him give him an opportunity down the line to you know maybe work on something else, you know, because he's I'm I'm sure they I'm sure they would love to collaborate with him again, you know, in in any capacity. How how was is my my last thing because we haven't spoken since Star Wars. How was the force sensitive stuff? explain to you like was that only brought up when episode nine came around or like was it ever discussed in the previous films that finn could be would be force sensitive it was a discussion from seven that was kind of brewing because you didn't know which way it was going to go right and then eight eight went in another direction right so i think with eight going in another direction when you're bringing someone for the third they have to kind of like appreciate what's happened in eight and then still try and make a narrative of it and jj i mean jj really went force awakens is the the, the movie that they, jj directed he, he was kind of pinpointing plotting a, tra- a trajectory but obviously with the different with the different creative differences in the middle and then getting to the third it's kind of like he still he still wanted to you know just force it in there just, just squeeze it in there like, so that's where you get the moment between finn and jenna and jenna asked him how do you know and he just says it's a feeling he just had to get something in there that that told you why there was a stormtrooper who held his own long enough against a Sith, you know, well, a new, a new or Sith wannabe to a certain extent, if, if right. you, you know, look at Kylo. So it's, it, it was, it was interesting, you know, when those talks were coming in the fresh stage. And I thought, obviously, you know, you get the lightsaber, you start swinging and defending. I'm like, nah. Yeah, this could be right. Nah, this works. Know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, last time I checked, man, you can't even just swing that, you know, a certain type of way. When Han was holding it briefly, what did he do? He held it to like, get the, the locks off or something. It was right. like manual labor, but you know, <laughs> you're just using it to defend and, you know, you defend your friend. You must have something in you. Um, but, you know, who knows if maybe down the line, they they have like a, a younger actor or whatever and, and they chance to expand on Finn. Who knows if we get that, you know, we, we get to see like, what what is it about this dude that made him so, made him so special? Um, I asked you, as I've been asking all guests the last couple of years, where we've needed more comfort than ever uh, for a comfort movie. And I understand you're a Studio Ghibli fan. This yeah. is our, this is our, our our second Studio Ghibli uh, pick. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt actually chose uh, My Neighbor Totoro. Oh, okay, okay. So you're joining an, an elite cool club. Yeah, that's a that's a cool that's a cool club. Yeah, you, 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 you relaxed. <laughs> so educate I, i'm not the i should i should know miyazaki better i should know these films better educate me i know you i know i know i'm disappointing you at all fronts what's can you pinpoint one of them i know you sent over three different choices what's the there's, one there's there's a laputa castle in the sky that i really love um which is just a really a really good um, anime about this you know young kid who who's trying to just find out who he is and he falls in with some pirates and there's this gold jewel that he has and a lost girl that he finds and there's this distant planet with these robots that have been dead for a minute that he explores 
um, for me about anime, it's just the way the stories are told. You mean you pitch it on paper, and you're like, what? What is that about? But when you watch it visually, there's a combination of things. The music, the I watch it in Japanese too with the subtitles because I just like to hear the fluidity of their language. It just makes me feel comfort. Yeah. Um, and that is alongside other anime that I watch, like proper anime, long, um, long ride kind of shows like Demon Slayer and um, Attack on Titan and a few things that I enjoy. It just gives me comfort. It makes me want to get out of the snacks and just twiddle my toes. You know what I mean? I need to dive in more. I just get intimidated. Here's, can I be frank? I, I turn these on Netflix and I see like 700 hours of yeah, these things. And I'm yeah. like, it's like the same thing I feel when, when I turn on like Doctor Who and I see like 40 seasons of it. I'm like, where do I even begin? What do I, so what's the start? I want to give you uh, like a, a, a filler free way of watching it. Because with these episodes, what you're going to do is go online and find out what the filler episodes are. They're going to hate me for this, guys. This is what all the nerds do. Find out what the filler episodes are, and then just take them out, and then just watch the the actual main story, so that you can just start from the beginning. And, you know, you don't want to hear about Naruto's day to go and get some ramen. That's boring. You just want to skip that. (laughs) It's not sweeps week. That's (laughs) not, no, no. You want to skip that. You want to see when he's going to fight Madara, when, you know, the madness is going down, you know. So you you try and get those lists, and then start from episode one like any show, but it will just take out all the filler episodes that may make it longer than it really is you know these are valuable tips this is practicality yeah. we're busy yeah. guys yeah man you know you know go work smart man <laughs> <laughs> who introduced you to anime and and all this like who was the biggest influence in your life in terms of your pop culture sensibilities or did you find this all on your own yeah it was me it was me um it was after i attacked the block i think that naruto was making its round in the uk and and i was a HMV member. I used to go to this is where they used to sell DVDs and work. I think they still do, but there's a few left. But yeah, so HMV was the place you go get some DVDs and stuff. So I used to go down there and collect my DVDs. That's where I got the wire and all the, you know, all the movies. And and there I saw a box set of of Naruto, and that was the original, the original series. Right. Then I watched that. I watched it. And I was just like, no, this is actually, it's actually good. You know what I mean? So I was just into the into the the culture after that. And isn't there something satisfying when it's like you, yeah, I mean, for me too, I remember like wandering the VHS, like to date myself, like the blockbuster aisles and finding your own path and being like, wait, does anybody else know about this? Like I found this. And yeah, it's, like, it's like your little secret. It's like, you know, until I think online I had been seeing clips of it, like on YouTube and people were like, what is this? Like there were like several different clips that were being re- released online at the time. And there was news around about, you know, there were several different people saying that they would, uh, Naruto was coming to cons and, you know, my my anime, you know, nerd friends that I had at the time were kind of like, yeah, you got to check out this anime, it's really good. So I was like, yeah, let me just check it out. And after that, I was like, yeah, you know what? This is really good. This is really good. And that was my first introduction into, nice. into anime world. So we secreted into the universe some actors you want to work with. Any filmmakers? Who's on the short list right now? Because you've done this really interesting balance of like, these titans, these like established folks, again, the Bigelows, the McQueens, and then these first time filmmakers. He's a newcomer. I need to work with someone unknown who has who has a a, a new and fresh vision. Um a, a project where we could we can really imagine hard that we can find something that is outside of the box, something that I've never done done before. And I find that I enjoy those experiences when it's a first time, you know, when it's kind of like, you know someone fresh that obviously has the credentials, has the skill sets, have to, have to, has this trust of the studios, um, but then at the same time, you know, has this unique perspective that they just want to be seen on film. I'd love to, I'd love to join something like that. And there's something to be said for like, almost feeling like you have something to prove as both an actor and a filmmaker, that fire, that. Yeah. 
that, yeah, that's really like intense. Every role, every role that I feel like critically I've been praised for, I took the role because I wanted to prove something, you know, in, right. in performance. Um, and even when it comes down to small acts, you know, the meeting for myself and Steve McQueen had was kind of like a call to action rather than a kind of like an industry meeting. It's kind of like, yo, we got to, you got to show him this. We got we got to do this, um, and we see how that that turned out. So, I've just been trying to search for things that you know best best suit uh, where we're going. I, uh, my my final question is: What can I expect from uh, the clone Tyrone? Sounds like a different kind of a a story, given the, the ones we've been talking about today. What, what's what tease uh, me? Hey, Tyrone Tyrone is just you know that's just mixed up in a whole bunch of fun mystery. You could expect a charismatic cast, and to be honest, one of the best ensembles that I've seen in a minute. Jamie Foxx in there, Tiana Paris, myself in there, you know, and and a few other few other okay. people. Okay, yeah. we'll have a different kind of conversation maybe for that one. Oh, um, we'll definitely be talking about that one. Excellent. Um, I apologize on behalf of Daisy Ridley for grilling you. She's just relentless. Tell her I love it. She could grill me any day. I love her so much. That's my sister. <laughs> so, you know, you and me both. I love her, uh, and I love you, man. Congratulations on everything. It's always a blast talking to you. It's been too long. Uh, yeah, Breaking yeah. is the new film, uh, and everybody check that out as well as the, the Woman King. Uh, it's yeah, the season Friday. of Boyega. Out Friday, go go check us out. Support support films. Support film in the middle tier. We don't have visual effects and flying stuff. Oh, yeah, but yeah. we have a story that I feel like you lot are going to enjoy. So you know. Big love. Got my vote. Always, always there for you, buddy. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Right. Good to see you, mate. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pushed to do this by Josh. <laughs>